look them in the eye. That was the counsel I was given from my parents at a very young age. And perhaps you were given that same counsel as well. It makes sense because eye contact is a way of showing respect. It shows that you are confident. But you may not be so confident now about where you should be looking because it's much more complex these days. Sometimes we're talking to an audience in the same room. Sometimes we're talking to an audience through a camera. Well, today I'm going to share with you the new rules of eye contact and make sure that you can be confident no matter where or who your audience is. Hi, I'm Karen Reed. I'm a four-time author, Emmy Award-winning broadcast journalist, and communication expert on helping people to own the room, whether it be a physical one or a virtual one. Welcome to Speaker Dynamics. Whenever I do training, there are always certain questions that always come up. And one of them is, where should I be looking? And this is whether I'm doing training for somebody who is doing an in-person presentation or whether they're doing a virtual presentation. I understand why this is a question because it's a critical component for being a successful communicator. Eye contact is the best way to build trust and believability. But it's confusing because sometimes when you think you're making great eye contact, you're doing the exact opposite. So today I'm going to cover the three basic communication scenarios that you'll likely be encountering, and it's all within the eye contact context. So we'll be talking about eye contact in person, eye contact when you're virtual, and then eye contact when you are hybrid, when you have an audience that is both in the same room with you as well as perhaps on the other side of a camera lens. But let's begin with what I would say is probably the most vexing right now, and that is virtual eye contact. So I want you to grab a friend, a colleague, whatever, and I want you to go through this exercise. I want you to introduce yourself to each other without looking at each other's faces. I do this in training, but I'm trusting you to actually follow through on your side. So introduce yourself without looking each other in the eye without even looking at their faces and see how it feels. Does it feel awkward to you to be introducing yourself to someone and not looking them in the eye? And how about the person on the other side? Does it feel weird when people are introducing themselves and aren't looking at you? You know, maybe try looking at their shoulder, maybe try looking down at their chest or, or even at their chin. This is how it feels whenever you are not looking at the camera when you are virtual. You might feel like you are making great eye contact because you're looking at the faces on the screen and it feels really good to you because you want to get that feedback. But for the people on the other side who are receiving your message, it doesn't feel so great. So here is the challenge. In our current technology, we are faced with imprecise eye contact, meaning what feels good to us (laughs) does not feel good to the people on the other side who are receiving your message. So whenever I am talking to people virtually, if I want to speak with impact, I know that I need to look into the camera lens. And in fact, if you're watching on YouTube, you're, you're seeing me doing this right now. But this goes against all of my natural impulses because truly, whenever I talk to people, I want to look at their faces. 
But when I look at their faces, how does it feel to them? Like I'm not making eye contact with them at all. And it creates this barrier between you and them. So how do you deal with that? What do you do? Well, the basic rule is if you are speaking and you want to speak in an influential way and to make it as comfortable for them to receive your message, you want to be looking primarily at the camera lens. And I'm going to underscore that idea of speaking primarily through the camera lens because we'll get back to that. But if you are not speaking and you're on a virtual call doing a virtual presentation in a virtual meeting, then by all means, look at the screen because then you can look at the person who is talking and you can reap the benefits of reading their body language, those nonverbals. Now, one of the things to keep in mind is that the camera is the portal to your people. I'm going to say that one more time because it's critical. The camera is the portal to your people. So you want to make sure that you are focusing your attention on that portal and through that portal. So I like to think about eye contact as less of, you know, having straight staring contest with it, but rather that you are pouring your energy through it because you don't want to stare at the camera lens. If you stare at a camera lens, it's going to freak people out. It'll look unnatural. And it goes against what we do if we're talking to people face to face. We look away all the time whenever we are talking to people face to face, usually because we can detect if they feel uncomfortable and, and we change where we're looking accordingly. But when you're talking to a camera lens, you don't get those signals. But I mentioned the idea of underscoring primarily because you might be saying, Karen, there's no way I'm going to do that because I need to see the people I'm talking to engage how they are feeling about what I'm saying, how, how my message is resonating. Yes, I understand that completely. But here's what I would suggest to you. You know how I said underline primarily, look primarily at the camera lens? The reason why I say primarily is because we're having you take those glances away, which are natural. And in those glances away, you can immediately pick up those nonverbal cues of how people are feeling about what you're saying. You know, somebody is nodding along, fantastic. You know that they are on the same page with you and that they're listening to you. If they're nodding off, you also can pick that up really quickly. You don't need to be staring at their faces the entire time to see how they're going to respond. No, you can pick that up really fast. And by not looking at the camera, it has such a detrimental impact on how you're coming across that you don't want to miss out on the opportunity to be looking them in the eye, which in this case is the camera. So the camera is the conduit to your conversation partner and you need to treat it accordingly. So I want to tell you a, a story related to some client work I did. They were, um, it was a financial services uh, business and they were creating ATMs where they had real people who were showing up on the screen on the ATM. And they were finding that customers were not really liking it all that much. And, and they really were not even engaging uh, with those, what they called them virtual tellers. And what I realized was that the virtual tellers were not looking at the camera lens at all. 
And so what would happen is people would come up to the ATM and they would be you know, going through their transactions and, and didn't even realize that there was A, a live person there, or B, that it was somebody who genuinely wanted to have a conversation with them. So when we had the virtual tellers look at the camera lens and, and talk to the customer directly by looking through the camera lens, the level of engagement dramatically shifted. Suddenly they were having conversations. And guess what? The customer satisfaction scores shot way up on their use of these virtual tellers. So it does make a big difference. Now let's talk a little bit though, if you are back in your scenario where you're, you're doing a virtual presentation, virtual meeting, the only way that you're going to glance down and capture uh, those nonverbal cues from your audience is if you have your people close to your camera. So I know a lot of you may be using like a bunch of external monitors, which are awesome for your eyes. But what you want to think about is keeping your people as close to the camera that you're using as possible. Because glancing down quickly and grabbing those nonverbals is easy. Glancing way over to the right-hand side or the left-hand side where you have that external monitor, not so easy. And it's going to look obvious that you're trying to you know, check out something on another screen. So keep your people and your camera as close together as possible. So one of the things that I do encounter a lot, I encounter it whenever I'm conducting my training, and I'm sure you encounter it if you are using slides in your presentation is as soon as those slides go up on the screen, your people might disappear. And then you have a real problem. You know, where should you be looking at that point? Well, first of all, let's address that. If you are sharing slides and you don't know where you should be looking, consider this question. Where do you want them to get their information? If you want them to get it from the slide, then by all means, look at the slide. Uh, and and your gaze will guide their attention. So if you are looking at the slide, then they will likely be focusing more attention on the slide. And then you probably want to use like some visual or verbal cues on what they should be looking at. So, you know, maybe you say, okay, on the right-hand side, uh, you can see that the bar chart is, you know, showing that we have a trend line going up. You know, and you're probably going to call out colors. You know, you can see the the uh, the green line. You know, whatever it is, just so that they can focus their attention where you're focusing your attention. You have to be really overly communicative whenever you are in a virtual setting of what people are seeing on the screens. You know where your eyes are looking, but they don't know that. <laughs> so you have to really cue, uh, clue them in. But the other thing I would suggest relative to to sharing slides is if you are not using that slide to tell your story, then you want to take it away. <laughs> what do you mean take it away? Well, one of the things that is really challenging in this environment is that the slides take up so much of the space on the screen. Oftentimes, they completely take away all your people and they dominate uh, the presentation. Your slides are visual aids. They're not the presentation. They are aids. So by taking that slide away, then you become the primary conduit of information. And that means you're looking at the camera lens. So if your slides are up and you want to talk to the slides, look at the slides, totally fine. If your slides are not helping you impart information, take it away and allow yourself to become the primary messenger once again. And when you're the primary messenger, that means you want to look primarily into the camera lens. The other challenge that we often have, though, is, though with 
slides is that when you put them up, people disappear. And then sometimes it's really hard uh, to figure out how to interact with the camera if you don't even see any people on the screen. And what I suggest to you is try to visualize your viewer. You know, think about a person who is on the other side, you know, receiving your message and talk to those people or talk to one person, perhaps, you know, there are different tricks that you can use to, to visualize your viewer. If you can't do like the mental leap, what I've seen people do is they'll take like a picture of a family member or a friend and they'll put it beside their camera just to remind them that there is indeed somebody on the other side who is listening to them and hopefully really on board with what they're saying. I like to think of somebody friendly <laughs> when I do it. Uh, and I'll share with you a, a trick that I used to do whenever I was uh, hosting a webcast for a client. I was in the big studio and I was, you know, sitting in front of a giant camera, giant studio camera. Before we go live on that webcast, I would talk into the camera to the director. And that director was sitting on a totally different floor in what we would call master control. And I knew that he was looking at my big face on a giant screen in master control. So I would talk to him through the camera, realizing that he was seeing my face looking at him on that giant screen. Typically, honestly, we talk about uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> because we were both from Pittsburgh. And that's always a topic of conversation that I'm willing to engage in. But it also helped me to kind of get into that mental mindset of visualizing my viewer, visualizing the people on the other side and knowing that that camera is the conduit to my conversation partner. So you might be wondering about some of that eye contact uh, technology that is out where you can almost like cheat your way, where it makes your eyes almost look like you are always making eye contact, even if you're moving your head from side to side. Um, I've tried this uh, and it, it, it works okay, I would say, but it's not perfect. And in fact, sometimes it looks downright strange. And it also kind of undercuts what I consider to be the foundation of any great speaker, uh, which is authenticity. So when you are faking eye contact, uh, that seems really out of sync with what I'm preaching based upon authenticity. So I believe that you should instead be kind of changing your mental mindset relative to how you're engaging with that camera, because that's, you know, really what's going to make the biggest difference and also not make you reliant upon using a piece of technology. So one of the things also to remember is whenever you are making eye contact through a camera is it's much less like you are talking to people up on stage or staying in front of a room. It is more like you are having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody across the dinner table. And that's totally different uh, than whenever you're sharing the same air with people. It, no matter how many people are on the call, no matter how many people are watching your virtual presentation, they all feel like you are just talking to them. And I first discovered this when I did TV news, when I go into the grocery store and people would come up to me and they'd say, Karen Reed, how are you? How are your kids? And they would talk to me like I was a close personal friend, if not a member of the family. So recognize that when you're in this space, uh, it's almost like you are 
having a very intimate conversation with somebody uh, pretty close up, you know, because keep keep in mind, I would come into the, the homes of these people on a regular basis and, you know, they developed a relationship with me accordingly. This is a very intimate space that you're talking through. So when you're making eye contact with people, it's that conversation space that you want to recreate of a one-on-one conversation. Uh, and that will dictate, you know, how you'll interact with it accordingly. Uh, so we'll talk more about how it impacts your uh, physical presence later on in another episode. But just keep that in mind. It's a one-on-one conversation with somebody that you can't often see very well. So that is the gist of how to be an effective communicator in a virtual space relative to your eye contact. But let's actually talk about, you know, just having eye contact with people when you are in person, the old-fashioned way per se, right? So the thing that I see most often that trips people up is they will try to create eye contact that's not genuine. You know, perhaps at some point they were told, okay, have three points in the room that you want to focus your attention on and just go back and forth between those three points. Or they'll do something called that I call eye grazing, where you're kind of looking over the heads of the people who you're talking to, but you're not directly looking them in the eye. This is not authentic and it can be detected by everyone in the room. You think you're faking it, you're not, they know. So what is the alternative? Well, my advice is just to pick out individuals in the room and have a genuine thought or full sentence with them as you are continuing to connect through your eyes. So have, you know, hold their eye contact for a full sentence or a full thought before moving on to the next person. So you're kind of moving about the room with these genuine one-on-one interactions. And here's the interesting part. It won't just feel good for the person that you're talking to directly. It also will feel good to the other people who are, you know, observing this because they can tell that you are being genuine in how you want to connect with your audience. So pick out people throughout the room. It also can help to tamp down your nerves too, because a one-on-one conversation is typically easier to navigate than you know doing a presentation in front of lots of people. So the other thing I want to caution you about relative to eye contact in person is if you're using slides. So you want to make sure that you don't turn your back on people for too long. Uh, I am not somebody who says, okay, just have your slides as like wallpaper behind you, never acknowledge them. I feel like that is not really doing your audience a service because you are basically a tour guide (laughs) through your content. Uh, You know, maybe there's times where you are wanting them to focus on you, but maybe there are times when you want them to focus on something on the screen. You know, maybe you are talking them through, you know, a a data set. At that point, I would turn around and I would be, you know, pointing with my hand at what I wanted them to look at and talking them through that data set. But when I'm done talking through the data set, I'm turning back around. And then I'm going to re-engage with them uh, so that I can make that good eye contact with them face to face. But you want to make sure that if like, say that you're using slides, you do not ever have your back turned whenever you're transitioning from one slide to the next, 
because you might give them too much opportunity to check out. <laughs> so before you click to the next slide, even if you know, you've gone through a really heavy uh, data slide, make sure you turn around and ensure that they are with you, then click to the next slide and say that it's another data heavy slide. Yeah, turn around, talk them through it, but never have your back to them whenever you're clicking your slide to the next one, because that will give them an opportunity to zone out. So let's talk about the third eye contact scenario. And that's whenever you have an hy a hybrid audience. And just to, to give some context for this, hybrid audiences are where you have people who are perhaps in the same room with you, but you also have people who are coming in virtually, you know, whether they are dialing in or whether they are going through some sort of uh, video platform. So what do you do? How do you manage that? Well, the basic rule is pay attention to both audiences. So that means if you have people in the room with you, you want to make sure that you pay attention to them by making good eye contact, like I just described in the in-person eye contact section. But you don't want to make it a glorified live stream for the people who are joining virtually, which means that you want to spend some time looking at the camera too. You know, invite them to be a part of the conversation, a part of the experience. And by doing that, you also are raising the awareness of the folks in the room with you that, hey, there's more people who are involved in this conversation than just those that you can reach out and touch. There are people who are joining us virtually who also have an important role to play. So your eye contact, just by you know looking into the camera, can make a big difference in how the entire uh, meeting is perceived. So pay attention to the people in the room. Pay attention to the people through the camera because the camera is basically the fill-in, the stand-in for the eyes of those who are joining virtually. So you also have to be aware of how the room is set up relative to that. So I was doing a, a hybrid uh, class. I had people who were, you know, in front of me at tables, but then I also had a lot of folks who were just beaming in uh, virtually. And when I walked into the room, they said, oh, yeah, it's a hybrid classroom. No problem. We have cameras. Well, they had a camera, but the camera, if you can imagine this, was situated at the front of the room. So if I was looking at the people who were in the room with me, the virtual attendees would have just seen the back of my head, <laughs> which is not a good experience. Uh, and it doesn't give them participation equity. You know, they just see the back of my head. They're not able to see my facial expressions. And if I tried to do what I just said by paying attention to the people in the room and the people, you know, on the, the virtual call, that would have also been awkward and, and not the same. You know, I could turn around if I wanted to, but it, it would have been a lesser experience for both parties. So I will tell you what I did. <laughs> I got real creative. I ended up taking a side table from the lobby. And I put that side table on top of the regular classroom table and put my laptop on top of that side table, which was perched on top of the, the, the uh, classroom table so that it was at eye level for me. My laptop was at eye level. And then I joined the call on my laptop. Of course, I did not use the audio from that because that really would have thrown things off. We would have had audio interference between my laptop and the audio set up in the room. But what that did is it allowed the people who are joining virtually to see my facial expressions as I was teaching. And I was able to like look into my webcam on my laptop as opposed to doing an awkward thing like turning around 
<laughs> and looking at the camera that they had mounted at the front of the room. So even if you think you are going into a hybrid conference room, it may require you to be a bit more creative and always think about how it feels to receive your message on the other side, whether they are you know, virtual or whether they are sharing the same room with you. So as promised in previous episodes, I always like to have one big takeaway for you to kind of chew on until the next episode. So today's one big takeaway is eye contact is essential to building trust, but it has to be authentic. So that means if you are in person, pick out people throughout the room to make genuine connection with. If you are virtual, you want to make sure that you look at that camera when you want to speak with impact. And if you're hybrid, well, you got to do both. So today's bonus content aligns with that challenging eye contact when virtual. So for our book, Suddenly Virtual, we spent a lot of time talking about eye contact and and the importance of making sure that you do that appropriately. So today's bonus content gives you a little snippet of that book, Suddenly Virtual. So you will be able to download a free chapter from that book and get a flavor for what the book is, (laughs) pardon me, is all about. That was my authenticity right there. So if you want to check out uh, Suddenly Virtual, which does have some focus on eye contact challenges in a virtual setting, uh, you can download a free chapter by going to speakerdynamics.com slash bonus content. So that's speakerdynamics.com slash bonus content. Uh, So make sure if you haven't already to subscribe, to follow us. And if you think that other people might find value in what we're sharing, let's spread the word. One of the best ways to do it in all honesty is to rate us and leave a review because that allows other people to search and find us more easily. So once again, I want to thank you for listening. I'm thrilled that you're here with us today. Uh, And until next time. 